hey, welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> to the Weekly Impact <laughs> Podcast. I feel like the Kool-Aid man just busted through here. That would have been awesome. <laughs> this is episode number I don't know, and today <laughs> is Tuesday, September 3rd. Um, hey, guys, welcome back. Um, as promised, we are going to get into uh, another episode of You Asked For It Today. If you've been listening uh, the last two episodes, you know what that is, or if you come to our church, you know what that is. Um, If you're listening for the first time, You Asked For It is where we take your real questions and we give you the best biblically-based answers that we can to your questions to help you understand things that you might be a bit confused about um, in the Christian faith and that whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We just cover the thing. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, well, we uh, it's something that we've done before, and we really like a lot when we just get the feedback from the people in our church, from our listeners, uh, just to um, just give us questions because uh, we think it's okay to ask questions. We think it's okay to uh, want to discover more about our faith, discover more about God, discover more about His wisdom that He has for us. Um, and we even we use the scripture we use James one five and six where. Uh, James, through the Holy Spirit, says, you know, if you lack wisdom, ask our generous God, and he won't rebuke you. Rebuke you. He won't turn you away. And um, and so we want to kind of, like, have an opportunity for that, have an opportunity to ask. Uh, and we don't, you know, let's consider ourselves to be God in this situation, but we want to at least, like, like search the scriptures, to search his wisdom, to ask him about some of the things that are maybe not as... Um, black and white as I would say probably in the scriptures or some of the gray areas or different things like that and so uh, but it's fun it's fun for us to have just even the conversations and to just talk about things that might be relevant to our culture right now and just things that might pop up in regular conversation yeah you're speaking of conversation like something we we have fun conversation <laughs> and stuff before we actually <laughs> record and, and one thing that we mentioned was like division mm-hmm. and, and how we get pushed so far to one side or the other yeah and, and one thing we don't want to do we, we don't want this to be something that divides us so what so like if daniel answers a question in a way that you don't like or if i answer a question in a way that you don't like take a deep breath this doesn't need these answers don't need to be things that divide us because um if you don't like our answer, that's okay. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have to agree on everything. There's some things that are very important, you know, like um, how Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me." That's pretty important. Yeah, you know, like like the whole the salvation story. Mm-hmm. You know that that I've said several times on this podcast. Like that's very important. The Matthew twenty five thing about like being good to other people. That's very important. Some of these things are fun to talk about, mm-hmm. and it's good to build your relationship with God by learning more about Him. But we can, we can debate and have different views on some of these things, and it's okay. Yeah. Well, we just started a series uh, this past Sunday at our church called "Can't Wait," and we're just walking through uh, the Book of Revelation. And I think that is an interesting book in the Bible because it's a prophetic book. It's a book that has a lot of imagery and a lot of different things like that. In uh, some people have different viewpoints about how these events are going to transpire, whether it's like a pre-tribulation rapture, a, a middle tribulation, a post-tribulation rapture, you know, like all of these things. And that's a like heated debate in some Christian circles. And, you know, that's that's OK. I mean, it's OK to have that debate. It's OK to like have people that maybe people are really say, hey, this is a pre-tribulation thing. And some are like, this is mid and this is post. What you know? But what's really important is that that's not foundational for our faith. So that's right. like really important for us to like, yeah, we can have these conversations, but we need to know what is the foundation for our faith. Our foundation mm-hmm. for our faith is not that we're going to be, 
you know, we're not going to experience the tribulation. And if we do, then our faith is dead. Like that's, that's ludicrous. You know, our faith is founded in the, the immaculate conception, the life, the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And then, you know, his soon return, you know, and it's all centered around Jesus. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's where I think that we can, um, we can, that's just an example of, you know, there's places where we might disagree or not even like some of the opinions, like we might even disagree. Like we have a lot of healthy discussions about things. We're like, I don't know if I really see it that way, you know, and that's fine. Like we can have discussions about that, but like how, that, like how LeBron James is the greatest basketball player in the world. I mean, man, we, we, we have arguments all the time about things like that. <laughs> some, some it's people. actually been a while. It has been a while. We haven't unearthed that one. So I know talking Sometimes about, we need to let it die. Talking about sports. When you said the immaculate conception, all I could think was the immaculate re, uh, reception. reception. Yeah, I know because exactly. it's football season right now, <laughs> yeah. which is terrible. But <laughs> that's where my brain went for a half second. Uh, and then Mary caught the Holy Spirit, ran for a touchdown. Wow. All right. <laughs> we're, I mean, where do we? Wow. We're done. Thanks, wow. guys. Thanks for listening. Go out and love each other. <laughs> yeah, go be Jesus to one another. <laughs> yeah, go be Jesus. <laughs> Don't do anything we've been doing. But yeah. go, do something else. Don't listen to us. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, man. All right. Well, maybe we should do some questions <laughs> as we digress. Oh, by the way, like we always do. By the way, I meant to mention this at the beginning. If, in case you haven't figured out already, the first two episodes, Pastor Phil joined us for the episode. But uh, today he was unavailable, so it's just the three of us today. Didn't even introduce us. If you're listening for the first time, my name is Brent Smith. I'm joined by Pastor Daniel Yelverton and by Michael Miller. He is our um, eKids director here at the church. I'm the worship leader communications director so you're getting uh what half the staff with this podcast i guess yeah, yeah we're getting typically some of yeah. yeah three of the six <laughs> so anyway just wanted to let you know that he is not here with us today in case you were looking for his voice or uh guidance from him i guess you're out of luck today so. <laughs> i was really hoping bob would join us we get he, he stopped in before we recorded and we thought he might but there's no bob bowed out huh <laughs> bob nicely big shout out to bob nicely he is um Wonderful man that is a part of our church family here. His son is actually who founded, like started this church. Um, his daughter is Tiffany Wist that's been on this podcast before. Um, and she is our youth director along with her husband, Jeff Wist. And Bob is retired and he, he serves us, his man. time. Dude, beast All he mode. does, his job is he comes in here and he serves us in any way possible. He, he does the custodial stuff. He does like building stuff when we have projects and things mm-hmm. like that. He's involved all over, all over Dude, the place. Dude, he has been a major blessing for me because mm-hmm. like, because I just asked him to help me with some things and he gets on top of it. Like yeah. the, the nursery, if you guys have been around here and checked out the nursery, he, he, he and Phil Sandholz, they put in a, a, a chair rail. They just put in some shelving units for me, you know, and they've just other things that they have just... Anything that I ask for, it's like boom and it's done. Yeah. And and that's and that kind of gets back He's to He's like where, a genie. Yes. <laughs> I wish it and there it is. And it, He's and, the Will Smith of our church. And, but that that gets back to like what we're talking about here is <laughs> look don't, Yeah. Don't we rub can, his lamp. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like that. I've tried it. Was, <laughs> before I was so rudely interrupted by Daniel laughing. No. Look, and we, we talk about we talk about like Division and stuff. I'm going to do it anyway, Brent. I mean, we're just we're, we're going to do this whether you like it or not. Just keep going. we talk about division and stuff. We talk about you know how difficult it is when taking sides and things. But there are things that matters. Bob gets it. There's things that matters because he's the kind of guy that puts stuff into action. Hmm. He he loves Jesus actively by his work. 
That's a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, man. I was trying, man. Yeah, I was like, driving it. You ran a mile to get back to that one. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, guys, let's go ahead and get into some <laughs> questions here. Some of your questions. Um, Daniel, you said that we got um, another one that isn't on the list. Yeah. Uh, just I, so you know, I, we have a, a list printed out that we're getting to stuff that we didn't get to last week and a few others that came in. You said that there was another yeah, one. Yeah, there's a new in. one. And uh, we can save that one for the last. Okay. Cool. Good. So the first one we're going to get to, talking about division in the world, um, it, there's a question here about Islamic extremism. Um, and, and so it's, uh, in light of the Islamic extremism in the world, was the Prophet Muhammad a descendant of Ishmael? citing Genesis 25.18 and 16.12. So to give us some context on that, Daniel's going to read those for us, if you would, That's how you do a segue. That was really good. That was. That was really (laughs) good. All right, so uh, Genesis 16.12 is uh, the angel that is... um, seeing it's, it's visiting Hagar in the desert when she's run away from uh, Sarai and the uh, she, she the angel gives kind of a prophecy about the son Ishmael uh, the son of yours will be a wild man as untamed as a wild donkey he will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives so that's uh, 1612 and then Genesis uh, 25 uh, verse 18 which is in here it talks about Ishmael's descendants, and it, ta- it says that he has 12 sons. This is actually verse 16. He says, These 12 sons of Ishmael became founders of the 12 tribes named after them. And there's a, if you want to go to the verse beyond that, there's a lot of names that I can't pronounce. And then uh, <laughs> they're listed according to the places they settled and camped, and it talked about how Ishmael lived for 37, 137 years, and uh, his descendants occupied the region of Havilar, Havilah, and to Sur, uh, or to Shur, uh, which is sure, uh, sure. sure. <laughs> it's like Nelly hobble, said hobble, that. Hobble, hobble, hobble. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then uh, which is east of Egypt uh, in the direction in the direction of Asher. Uh, so sure and Asher. And then uh, and he lived in open hostility with all of his relatives. So that's where the kind of the prophecy kind of comes to fruition. Yeah. So when you look at um, just that itself, so the idea is, the thought is, the belief is that anyone who is Arabic, not, now they ask about Islamic extremism in, the, uh, extremism in this question as well, but it, the belief is anybody who is Arabic is a descendant of Ishmael because they all, um, they've traced it back, it tends to be that most right. Arabic people, their their roots go back to that valley basically where Ishmael settled and, and that he was the beginning of the Arabic people. Right. Um, so Muhammad, being Arabic, by that theory, would be the descendant of Ishmael. So, um, and and I'm a little, I'm not exactly sure what they mean by in light of Islamic extremism in the world was the Prophet Muhammad a descendant of Ishmael, other than because Ishmael was said to be wild and at odds with people, I'm assuming from the question there. Mm-hmm. So um, Islamic extremism, one thing you have to do that you have to know, and I know most people know now since most people in America have gotten a lot more um, educated on um, uh, Islam and the Arabic people right. since September 11th really yeah. happened. Um, and I'm the one speaking on a lot of this. I, I hosted a podcast before I did this one and before I be, uh, became a worship leader and worked at this church and everything else. And I, I delved into a lot of this stuff with Islamic extremism and where it comes from and why. And I did a lot of study on um, ISIS when they were at their height and all that kind of stuff. So, um, there's, there's a lot of different thoughts on things with this, but I think a lot of people think um, because Ishmael was a, um, he was born out of going against God's will. 
that the Islamic religion possibly stemmed from something to do with that. Um, and there are a lot of things that you can look at in the Islamic faith that are kind of the antithesis of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as, um, you know, we in the Christian faith, we believe that there is an antichrist or there will be an antichrist that comes someday. Well, in the Muslim faith, they have someone named the Mahdi who is their, um, their savior, that they're waiting for him to come. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his characteristics line up with what we would believe that the characteristics of our antichrist would be. So there's a lot of like antithesis and back back and forth in those uh, faith, I guess, differences. Yeah. So um, if you're looking at it that way, the, the thing is with that, though, it, it is the extremism that believes a lot of that stuff. You have to know that um, Islamic people, uh, Arabic people, people who believe in Islam, they are, um, there's two different sects of it, really. I mean, there's sects, but there's also two different belief systems. There's one right now that they're going a, through a reformation, and then there's others who... Um, who are very extreme. And a lot of the extreme sides of this are looking to cause as much chaos in the world as possible to bring forth their savior. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people think that um, all Muslims fall under the category of these things, but the extremism is what most of what you hear about with that. So just know that in this this question and in this kind of thought process um, that there are a ton of uh, Arabic people, ton of Muslim people out there, um, they don't want to do anything to you. So I know a lot of people in America get kind of caught up in a lot of that stuff, but don't like don't let it change how you interact with people in this world. Everybody, whether they're Arabic, whether they're Islamic, whether they're anything, they're still, if you're a believer in Christ and you're a believer in God, they're still a child of God. So we need to treat them respectfully and not not let it kind of change what we think and how we view the world. And Michael, you said that you've been over yeah. because you were in the military. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I've been I've been to Kuwait a couple of times. And now keep in mind, there are friends, you know. But um, I mean, I've I've ate with Muslim people. I've had Muslim people prepare my food. Um, you know, I, I've and I've had to do a little bit of study about the people because when you go to the region with the military, kind of yeah. And 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 yeah, there are Sunni and there are Shia and there and there are different sects and there are there are good guys and there are bad guys. And that just seems a lot like I don't know, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um so I mean, yeah, some of the some of our Arabic people or some of the, the, the ni- even in Muslim people too, I mean, right. are just some of the nicest people. and I've seen converts. I've seen people that, that were Muslim and and they've actually given up lots of wealth to to convert to Christianity and, and lead churches in, in Arabic countries. So I don't I don't dig the whole racism thing because yeah. um they're it's good not, they're it's not good what Christ would want anyways. No. I mean it's not even yeah. biblical. Yeah. No, not at all. No, and 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 so it's, it's and another thing that we were talking about too with this is when we mentioned like okay, yeah, so Ishmael yeah, there's going to be violence in his family. Well, how long does that go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if we start saying what this this whole group of people are cursed because of something that just doesn't seem to me to be biblical. Hmm. Well, no, and I think that Christ came to undo all of that, right? And so, like, yeah. even if there is, like, a generational curse or whatever it is that's passed down, I think one thing we could do is we can see this and then see, like, oh, man, all the Arab nations and, and Islam came out of this, so this is a really bad thing, right? This came, this was a bad choice by Abraham, and now this is the consequence, and now we live in this terrible world because of the choices that Abraham make. And yeah, I mean, choices have consequences. That's absolutely true. Sure. But I think what uh, what's what what God came to do through Jesus was to reconcile all of humanity. So, like, regardless of how it happened, 
they're here. Like, like there are Arab people and there are Muslim people here. And they, we, as, as Christians, should see them as the, you know, through, through the lens of Christ, as somebody that he wants to be reconciled to. Right. And so we don't need to do an us versus them. Like we can't we can't like create this huge divide between them. If anything, we just come And What's amazing is that, man, like the the church is booming in some of those areas. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like the church in Iran is like going nuts, you know, and that's that's awesome stuff, you know, because like people are being brought from death to life. And 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 like and so like we need to celebrate that and not entrench ourselves more into like. Like, like, let's do this kind of us versus them kind of mentality because Christ has called us to do, to see people differently, you know, to see the world differently through the lens that, that he came to save the world. And so it's our, we're carrying out his mission right now. Uh, and so like, that's where I think that, um, I think we can kind of get our patriotism mixed up with like how, uh, like yeah. where our, where our belief is mm-hmm. and like, cause I mean, I love my country and I'm so thankful that I'm an American, like, yeah. but man, like there's people that are dying in other places that are not America that need Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we're, we're called to be those representatives wherever we are. So I'm not there currently. Right. But that doesn't mean that I need to be like stiff arm, you know, all of them and just you know push away uh, every part of Islam. If anything, man, I want to like pray that they will like find Jesus, you mm-hmm. know? And I mean like even the, even the, like you saw like Paul, Paul starts out as like the worst dude persecuting Christianity, right? And then he has this encounter with Jesus, and he becomes like literally one of the most one of the most influential people of our faith. Who's to say that that wouldn't be somebody that is our, that's practicing Islam right now that you might be able to bring to Jesus, and they might be so influential to our faith? Yeah, you know. So I, I don't know. So that's where I think that it's it's I think that we can see that there's this, these definitely some mistakes that Abraham has made, and we live in a world that's full of mistakes. I mean. Jesus came from uh, uh, Solomon, you know, and and Solomon was a product of adultery, mm-hmm. you know, and so God has the ability to take mistakes and make them into amazing things. Yeah, or sin, anyways, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, just so you know, we don't know who asks these questions. We are not saying that um, you know the person that asked that question has any of those beliefs that we just talked about. Um, we just wanted to try to answer that, and the fact that Islamic extreme was brought up, we felt like we needed to get into a little bit more of that than just kind of glossing over and giving you a quick answer. So, yeah. well, also people, what happens sometimes is people have legitimate questions. Not that that whoever asks this question necessarily believes that. It's sure. like yeah. you hear an opinion, you hear something out there, and you want to know the answer to it. And right. that's, that's why we ask the question. So yeah, it's, it's exactly. a good question. Absolutely. So hopefully that answered that for you and, and informed you a little bit more about it. Um, so moving on to the next question, um, it is, I have recently learned Satan cannot hear our thoughts. How then can he force ideas and lies into our thoughts? Go ahead and take that, guys. <laughs> So that's a good question. Um, one thing that we know is that we can't put Satan on the same level as God. That God has the ability. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows everything about us. I was even thinking like Psalms uh, 139 is the first one and two. It says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know where I, you know when I sit down and when I stand up and you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Like, so this is a quality that the, this is, this is part of God being all knowing is that he knows our thoughts. So he knows every intention of our heart. Jesus, Jesus even has that quality. John talks about that in, in that he knew the thoughts of men, you know? And, um, with Satan being an angel, 
they you see from just looking at other angels is that angels are messengers, right? Angels are angels are not one like they sit in the throne room of God. God gives them the message and they pass the message to humanity. Um, and so that's kind of that's one of the that's the instances that we see angels. We see them as messengers. And, and so with uh, Satan being a created being, he doesn't have the ability to do things that God can do. It, there's other in instances where we see that um, Satan um, in Job chapter one says that he's roaming to and fro the earth, just observing people. Right. And so. Um, so anyway, so there's, so that's where we get kind of Satan's inability to be able to do certain things. So I think part of that is understanding that Satan has limitations, um, but also that, uh, he can force ideas and lies onto into our thoughts. So I think that, um, a lot of times when we, we can be a little extreme and we can blame Satan, uh, for a lot of different things. Um, but, and a lot of times when we look at sin and temptation, we see this even in James it says that temptation is comes from our own desires that entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and the sin is allowed to grow, which comes to death, uh, which gives birth to death. And so that sometimes the things that we are thinking, the thoughts we're thinking, the temptation we have is really just our own desires. Yep. It's our own flesh kind of waging at war with against us. Paul talks about that in Romans seven. He's like, man, I don't understand the person that I am. You know, I want to do all these right things, but there's something at war within me. And so sin has, has corrupted our minds. Sin has corrupted our thoughts and sin has corrupted our desires. And so with that, we're going to have the temptation and the pull towards, uh, towards sinful actions, towards defiance to God, basically. And Satan's role in that is that, you know, there's times when he is tempting Jesus, right? And so that we can, we can look at that and see that maybe that's imagery. We don't know what that kind of how that, but from where we just kind of can glean from scriptures, Satan is interacting with Jesus and he's tempting him to do certain things, right? Um, and so, so I think there's times when he will, uh, where I guess he'll use that opportunity or the voice that's being spoken because Think about it. Satan has got a huge catalog of human behavior. He's observed human behavior and human interaction for a long, long time. And so he, I'm sure he can see the indicators. You know, they, oh, there's yeah. they, there's like times when yeah, I can see what my son is thinking by his facial expressions, right? Mm -hmm. And so think about that. Like, so think about like how like that there is ways that we can non-verbally communicate what we're thinking and how we're acting even before we speak anything. And so then we can see that like, man, like maybe that's Satan trying to like get at me and get at my thoughts. But I don't think he has the ability to uh, to to uh, put a thought in our head without it being spoken or anything like that. Like he doesn't he doesn't have mind control power. Right. Mm -hmm. Or telekinesis or no, no, that's the wrong one. Is it telepathy? Telepathy. telepathy yeah. yeah, there we go. We're going to superhero power. I was right say now. kinesis is, I think. Yeah, moving, moving, things, moving yeah. objects with your mind. With your I know mind, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's not like L. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> um, so, but so, yeah, so that's where I think that and I know I'm kind of like drawing a couple like like pulling from a lot of different directions here because there's not like a verse that says Satan can't hear a thought. So we have to kind of like kind of extrapolate a little bit about what. But there's also not, not a verse saying that he can. So you kind of have to look. You have to read figure, between the lines. Right. Yeah. yeah, you really do. And so like, and so that's where we kind of fall into that because, but when we do see when sin happens, a lot of times we see it's because our own desires and our own, yeah. and like temptation is coming from within us and from the desires that are waging war within us. And so like, that is like, that's one way that we, that we can kind of change the way we view, you know, the choices that we make and be like, oh man, the devil just made me do it. 
you know, that may have been you just wanting yeah. to do it yeah. right. and having this desire and not having control over that desire. Look at it like a trial. Okay. So imagine the metaphor of your life being a trial. Okay. To see if you're, if you're, you know, guilty of, of different things or whether you're innocent of certain things. Now we all, we all know that we're all sinners, right? We're all guilty, but like specific sins. Cause looking back at Job, you know, that's exactly what was going on. Job was being, he was on trial. You know, the word Satan means the accuser. I mean, yeah. that's what Satan was doing. He was going to God saying like, I don't think Job is as good as you say he is God. Mm-hmm. So he basically puts him on trial. So, so, so Satan doesn't have to know your thoughts, but, but as you go through life, there are temptations, whether it's put there specifically by Satan or not, doesn't matter. There are temptations in your life, you know, especially today with all the media that we have. There's advertisements and everything, and, and you'll be tempted to buy things that you shouldn't buy. Mm-hmm. You'll be tempted to go to websites that you shouldn't go to. You know, you'll be tempted to do all sorts of things, you know, especially in, 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 in today's you know, day where you, know, you speak and your phone hears what you say, and now you're getting custom advertisements that, that match your speech. You know? yeah. so, I'm not uh, a fan of that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like our, we're always advertised to. We're always tempted. We're always on, on trial. So... The, the key I think that Daniel is hitting that's really important is that we can blame the advertisers, we can blame the things that we see, or we can search our own hearts. And, and it's not that your desire is pure, but the Holy Spirit can help you get through the trial. The Holy Spirit's kind of like your lawyer. Yeah. You know, he can help you through it, help guide you away from those temptations so you can prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Innocence the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying? That, that you're not he can help you with your behavior yeah, and that you can win the trial. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we kind of come slaves to sin when we don't have the Holy spirit. Right. Yeah. And so that's where we have this kind of, uh, this kind of light and darkness kind of battle, this good and evil battle that's going on. And I think that, uh, there's power in, in words, there's power in voice, there's power in what we say. And, um, you know, a voice is the expression of a thought. Right. And so like, that's when, you know, I, I don't think that, that Satan, like I said, has the ability to just plant an evil thought necessarily no. in you, no. but he can know what are going to be your triggers. He can know from your past what's been influenced by mm-hmm. you. He can know that because of generational sin, like there's things that we can just see that there's stuff that happens where he says, man, okay, that's probably going to be somebody that's going to be, you know, going to have struggle with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so like how he can influence in different ways like that externally can then kind of bring bad situations. When he yeah. tempts Jesus, to uh, to turn stone into bread, do you think that he had to get inside of Jesus' head to know that he was hungry, or do you think that he witnessed the fact that he had been fasting, fasting for, for forty, 40 days? days? Yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that so I, I think kind of around that question is just um, just understanding more our adversary to know that his like Paul even says that his scheme so his schemes will not wit us uh, to know what his what he has at his disposal I guess but also know the power that we have through the Holy Spirit and through. Uh, what Jesus has done for us. Um, just so we're not sitting there just kind of like these, uh, oh, woe is me, this is all happening to me because the devil is doing all the stuff. And know that, man, like when you have the Holy Spirit, like you have the ability to be free from sin and death and from that control. Um, and sometimes it's it's a process of, of, of pulling off that old nature. Yeah. 
All right, next question. Are we are moving into the apostasy question here? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Um, so the next question is, would you please respond to the recent cases of apostasy of some high-profile Christian leaders and influencers? First of all, please say what apostasy that's is. That's what I was going to say. I was going like, oh, say, Brent, would you just define apostasy? <laughs> <laughs> it's leaving the faith. Yeah. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty simple. Shortest answer you're going to get today, I bet. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> all right, so, so with that, so responding to the cases like what's going on we, so not naming names but we know that we've seen some of this stuff in in, in especially like social media re, right recently yeah, the last couple of weeks of of people that have have left the faith and you know what i see a lot of negativity about this but i commend people's honesty and, and i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before or not I forget when you talk a lot, you forget what you've said and what you've said to other people. But look, I, I've had this happen to me before. Um, the, the years and years ago, I, I got to a point where I was really studying some things and trying to figure out what did I really believe and what didn't I believe. And I ran it and I won't go into the whole story, but I ran into some, some issues to where I'm like, no, is God real or not? Mm-hmm. And I had, I had moments where I, where I, I doubted the whole thing and, and it was devastating. But the reason why, reason why I mentioned that, is I thank God that I've been through that because my faith in God has increased because I went through apostasy, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. because I questioned everything instead of just like being indoctrinated and just going along with what my parents taught me and what my pastor taught me, you know, and all these things, instead of just going along with it because I, w- I was a cultural Christian born into it. What happened is I had to answer those difficult questions. And yes, my faith changed. Yes, I came away with a few different beliefs, but my relationship with Christ, because I, I was really seeking the truth, it became stronger, not mm-hmm. weaker. So what my hope and prayer for some of these people is that they're going through something like that, that they're they're getting a genuine questions and they're seeking the truth. And it's not that everybody comes back. But some of them do, and they come back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know yeah. Who, who has an amazing quote on that that I love, I've always loved? One of our founding fathers, actually, Thomas Jefferson. He said, question with boldness even the existence of a God, because if there be one, he must more approve of the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear. That's good. Your faith is so much stronger if you've actually delved in and thought about things on your own and, and really had a conversation with him and, and, and done these things. Now, not to say that I'm, I'm happy that these people are leaving the faith in this apostasy case, but I do think that what you were speaking on specifically about how you were questioning things, I think that's an important part of everybody's journey if they're really taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just real quick to say, too, as a worship leader, I see, I've see i seen some high-profile worship leaders or people that are in Christian bands that are leading people in worship and things. Um, they've been stepping away as well recently. And, and I will say, I think, I mean, we say this kind of stuff here a lot, but I think they're making the wrong thing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is becoming something that is is hurting their faith and making it weak and making them start to look at things in a different way. And, and I think that's dangerous. I think one, if that's your position and that's where you are and you're losing faith, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should step away from a while, at least from your leadership position until you get it figured out. Because if you're doubting anything, I don't know how much you should be teaching other people something if you yourself don't believe it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, being in the worship realm and being a worship leader, I see a lot of it. And I question a lot of things that I see too, because there are so many high profile 
people who are now celebrities as worship leaders. And I, I think the thing is, as, as people who aren't connected with them and can't actually have a conversation with them, um, we have to just do the best that we can to make sure that the people that we're looking to in these positions, that their hearts are in the right place when they're in this position of fame as a pastor, as a worship leader, as a celebrity who is working for the kingdom. Um, because it, it can be dangerous where if you are in the wrong place and people are looking to you for, for, um, guidance in their lives and in this, in this realm, you got to make sure that your heart's in the right place. So, um, you know, I question it a lot. I see, I see a pastor come out in a real slick suit and some cool sunglasses and I'm like, Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's okay if your heart's in the right place, but is your heart in the right place kind of thing? So it, yeah, it's just a dangerous thing you know you you hit something really really important you said that sometimes they make the wrong thing the wrong thing mm-hmm. and uh the wrong thing the right thing they make the wrong thing the right thing maybe either i said the wrong thing the wrong thing i'm not sure but that's either, what i meant yeah, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if the wrong the wrong thing the main thing that's a double negative the wrong thing the main thing look we all we all make the wrong thing the wrong thing you guys get the point though you know Making the wrong thing the right thing the wrong. The I, main, I like the wrong thing the wrong thing because though it's because though it's <laughs> though it's wrong, th- though it's right it's wrong. But anyway, but look, <laughs> I think that that's important is 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 what we look at, mm-hmm. and and I think what happens with a lot of people that leave their faith they are looking at the wrong things. Right. Yeah. And and one of the things that people that leave the faith look at is Christians. Now mm-hmm. I want I want to flip this on his head for a, a moment because. We can judge them because they're looking at Christians instead of looking at Jesus. And that's sure. easy to be like, they suck. Way to go, idiots. Sure. Right? But remember, they're talking about us. Some people leave the faith because of us. Mm. Maybe yeah. we should change. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe our attitudes that make them leave the church, maybe we should do some self-discovery and think, Am I the reason why people leave the church? Yeah. It's easy to point at people who are leaving, but when you look at the reasons, maybe we should point at ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're right. I mean, I think we we handle things in a pretty non-biblical way because Paul tells us in Galatians 6, and we talk, we quote this a lot, but we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, you know? And when then we fulfill the law of Christ, if there is somebody that's struggling with something, they're wrestling with it, if it says if somebody's in a sin, that to go and... Um, and to try to reconcile them, you know, and try to win them back, you know, and then you've won a brother back. And, and I even think about like Romans, like chapter two, where it talks about like, you know, it's kindness that's bringing people to repentance that like Paul lists out all these awful sins that the world did. And then he says, but you've done the same things. Like you've had your same moments of doubt and questioning whether it's gone on a public sphere or not. So don't sit. I think it's really like, we need to have compassion in those moments because like the goal is, is, is to, you know, is to make sure like we, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we need to, like people want to be moral policemen when it comes to like, to make sure that the Christian faith is not diluted. And I get that. I really, really do. Like, I understand like us standing up and wanting to make sure that, but like, I mean, when somebody falls away from that, like maybe have compassion in the moment, maybe they're really struggling with something. Maybe they're going through a nasty divorce. Maybe they've really had some things that have just really hit them from a, like, so like, how can we then walk with them in that process? You know, because 
you're right. I mean, like I can agree, I can relate with you, Michael, that, you know, I had this time, a period of time where I, I totally was in an apost, uh, apostasy, yeah, apostasy state, maybe, yeah, or something like that. Apostasization. I apostasized. And so, anyways, um, but and so that, that, that happened. And like, but like, that is something that I've now, like, you know, one, I've, I, I didn't want to walk through it. I was, it was a terrible thing, but I've been reconciled back to God and it's been amazing. Like the prodigal son story. I mean, all of those things are things when Absolutely. people turn away and then like, how does God receive them? And he waits for them and then he runs for them when they're coming back. You know, and I think that we're, we're quick to judge. And, and one thing I will say is that, man, sometimes when you're wrestling with something, maybe not expose it to the light of social media so quickly, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that there's like, like allow yourself to really work through something. If you're wrestling with something with God, like maybe take it into a dark room where you can really kind of work or, or do it in a way where you're with personal people that you trust yeah, talk to that somebody. can walk with yeah. you in those things. I mean, that's, that's why we did the whole, you asked for it. I mean, this was questions that people had. And so we can, it's a safe place to kind of do those things. And I mean, social media, I just think, is, is not going to be the best place for you to kind of sit there and really have your self-discovery moment. You know, you know what? if you're going to use social, especially Facebook, a lot of times I say social media, but since I'm 39 years old, I mean Facebook, right? <laughs> I don't mean TikTok or whatever. I don't even know. But what? but look, yeah, there's a thing. I don't know. But, okay. but like, look, I use Facebook. And if you're going to, to use Facebook to try to figure things out, because I've done that. Closed groups are awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can just put things out there and people will judge you ridiculously and and it, it can ruin your reputation. And you can just say some dumb things that really make you make people think that, it, that something's wrong with you. <laughs> Go to a closed group mm-hmm. and explore things with like minded people for a moment mm-hmm. to where you can understand that perspective. And then if you and if you're done with that perspective, then leave the the small that that closed group. Yeah. Closed groups are a good way to to learn without really damaging things. Yeah. Mm. Circle of trust. Yeah. Are, are we in the nest it's with the trust? <laughs> okay. Um, wanna, I want maybe we'll jump to the. Is it okay if we go to the question that we got that came in? Yeah. Yeah, and then we can hit maybe hit the last one. Oh, we have to hit dinosaurs. All right, fine. We'll go. That'll be well, the last one, or we well, no. Let's go ahead and do that one right now. Then the, the dinosaur dinosaurs? one. Yeah. Okay. So we had this question: um, Are <laughs> dinosaurs explained in the Bible? Michael's got an answer. Yeah. Michael, go. Okay. So in Job, we see one of my favorite words Leviathan. in the English language: behemoth. And Leviathan too, right? And Leviathan. Yeah. So behemoth is like this animal that's got like a tail the size of a cedar. And then my the coolest one is Leviathan, a fire-breathing serpent of the sea who was, in Job, explained to be God's pet, which is just, whoa, right? So, so, so <laughs> here- you're taking him to the groomers, right? <laughs> Watch out, he breathes fire. <laughs> but here's the thing, okay? The Bible has genres yeah this is not an inerrancy thing so follow me job we're not sure of the genre most christians believe that it's a literal story that job existed and that everything in this story happened the way it happened so if you believe that this is a literal story that this is this is what it is then yes the bible talks about behemoth which looks like a dinosaur mm-hmm. and leviathan which is a fire breathing dragon dinosaur thingamajiggy Snaking, right yeah yeah so so if you look at it from that perspective absolutely and the, there are people that also look at it and, and i kind of 
float on this side. It floats, probably the wrong word, but maybe the right word when we're talking Leviathan. With Leviathan, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of on the other side of this where we know that it's written in the style of poetry. Yeah. And that and that there there's a moral to the story and that this may be a story that was told and that and the reason why I don't have a problem with this with the inerrancy debate is that look if this is what it was intended to be there's no error in it well it's like a, it's like a parable right a parable was, was yes. a story that Jesus did to to prove a point that job could be a big parable and and we don't and we don't know so because we don't know a lot of people tend to believe that it's it's it's, it's you know a factual narrative but we don't but so the point is is that really if the Bible if the dinosaurs are in the Bible it really depends on how you take that mm-hmm. um, you know if you take that as as fact that Leviathan is an actual fire breathing snake that I really think is cool uh, if, if that's if you take it to be literal then yes and if you don't then no well yeah. we, well we have fire breathing snakes in eternity mm-hmm. like ride them like a Valkyrie or something like that that would be awesome that hits another question that we skipped I want to look do animals in. do animals go to heaven <laughs> did we we talked about that one did we maybe. I don't think we have on the podcast. It might not be on the podcast. Here, it might here's have been here's the short answer, and this is my opinion on. Yeah, we said all dogs disagree. went to heaven and cats don't. Remember? That's right. We <laughs> said because cats are rulers of the underworld. All I know is that <laughs> is that God restores all. <laughs> the things. Egyptians had it. If God restores all things, then animals are part of all well, things. We said that also creation groans for the re- for the restoration of humanity, and so there's a part of it that says that creation is is a part of the restoration once humanity gets restored. So the classic answer that I always hear is that no dogs don't go to heaven, but I think they do. Um, another part of this question to get into as well, and not part of the question because it's a very simple question, but another viewpoint of it is if this person's coming from, say, Genesis, when it says that God created everything, um, he doesn't specifically say dinosaurs, but I don't believe he specifically says anything, just animals and well, plants and stuff, right? So, and, and then the thing that you have to look at that I always look at it as is it says God created the earth in seven days, right? But what did God make those, how long did he make those days back then? What was a day to him? It could have been two million years a day. So, you know, under the term of a day. So when you look at things like dinosaurs or evolution or anything like that, that's not to say it's not a part of God's plan and it's not addressed in the Bible. It's just you have to understand that seven days might have been 70 million years. We don't know. know. And and we know that the Bible is, 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 is the source of truth for us because it's God's word, but it's not all truth, right? I mean, it can't be all truth, right? Because right. there's, there's no, there's no, there's no, like, doesn't give us like E equals MC squared and, you know, gravity and like the laws of thermodynamics. Like it doesn't show us like things that we've observed in science, right? So, and, and so like I'm saying, maybe phrase that differently then. Okay. The Bible is all truth. The Bible is all it truth, doesn't include but it doesn't include truths. like everything right. yeah. that's true in right. our yeah. entire human existence. I just didn't want to people, come, people yeah, coming after know, you like, sorry. Daniel said the Bible's not true. <laughs> I no. can pick and choose what I like. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for looking out. <laughs> You're welcome. Brent. Uh, no. And so, yeah. And so like, there's going to be things that like. You're, there's just not, it's not going to be included in there, right? It's not going to be. And so, uh, and that's okay. Like, that's okay because like the Bible is for us, the revelate, it ends with what's really the most important thing is the revelation of Jesus and God's plan for humanity and God's plan to restore all things to himself, right? Like that's the, and so that doesn't mean it, it, it it's going to, it does, so it can't include everything. It can't include you know, how many different, you know, tree species there are and everything like that. And what's like how many different animals were on the ark? You know, I mean, there were a lot of animals on there. There were two by two. And so we just say, OK, like they didn't need to go into the details of every single you know, what, one. What does is, what is every kind mean? Does yeah. it mean like they had a kitty cat 
and they had a, a tiger and a lion, or does it mean that there was a feline or right. a set of felines? No, we, we don't know. Yeah. So, right. so anyway, so that, so that, so I think that, um, you know, all the, those, those things I think will be revealed to us later on, but also we can take the, that, I think that's why it's really important for us to as Christians to pursue science, to pursue the observation of God's creation because he's created it for our enjoyment and to reveal his glory, you know? And so, Things that may not be included in the Bible doesn't mean that we should just totally just throw them out, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as in people people try to use the existence of dinosaurs to say that the Bible's false because it doesn't talk about that. It's like you can't yeah. that, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotta shift perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there, uh, there's prophecy in the Bible too, and it doesn't prophesy Ronald Reagan. That doesn't mean the whole thing's false. Yeah. Right. You know, come on. Or the yeah. moon landing. Now that was fake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. just kidding. Anyway, right, right, okay, so anyway, you're taking us to the next question. I know. Right? I am. Okay. I'm going to take Let's us to the, the range. So here's up. the last question. <laughs> I pull them in. All right. So this is uh, somebody that uh, asked. Um, it basically, it's a question about heaven, and it says that they've been told that uh, they won't know their loved ones in heaven. Is that true? And they want to know if they're going to know their son. Uh, so uh, what we can do? This is another one of those questions where we don't get the, a direct answer. Um, from uh, saying like, like we're going to know and recognize everybody, but we can just observe the things that we've seen in scripture. So in, even in like when Jesus was transfigured, so in the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was appeared with Abraham and Elijah or not Abraham, and Elijah, uh, Moses and Elijah, um, they recognized them. They recognized them as who they were. And so I think when we get our glorified bodies, we are going to be the glorified version of ourself, right? So there's, we're not going to all look like drones. We're not going to all look like clones or whatever it is. Like, uh, not, we're not going to all look like stormtroopers. I'm sorry, Michael, but Dang it. I know we do wear white though. <laughs> we, we do. We wear, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and have cool, like the empire theme white. music in the background, the dun, 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 like worship God with it. All right. But anyways, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, so, I have a question for you on that. Okay. So do we know if it's like actually physical recognition or is it just there's something that you know that it's them? We don't I, know. You know? I don't know. And yeah. I know you don't know that. I'm just saying like another perspective. I think it could be, it like, could be any of those things. But I think yeah. that there's going to be, when the family of God comes together, it's going to be the family of God. You yeah. know, there's going to be people of tribes of every nation and every tongue, which means there was things that was distinguishing different people. It wasn't like, man, there's like a million people here and they all look the same. You know, right. it was different people mm-hmm. in different tongues in different nations. And so like that means to me that there's going to be those where the, the differences are going to be coming together, but it's going to be the entire the entirety of humanity coming together to worship God and to be presented to Jesus as the bride. And so I think that that with that, I, can, I, I believe that we will be able to recognize our loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this kind of wraps up a lot because when we look at a lot of questions, and I think this is included, I think a good place to start is who do you think God is? Mm-hmm. What do you think God is like? I like how John says that God is love. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I believe that. And I start from that place. And I look at Jesus and I look at, at how God is revealed in Jesus. And you know, the whole WWJD thing, I kinda I kinda look at you know, Jesus doing what God would do and God doing what Jesus would do. You know what I mean? So like when I have these questions, that's what I wonder. I I wonder is this is this loving? So, so that the thought that the thought process that I have here, Daniel, is that w- is it loving for God to let like have us not know our loved ones? Mm-hmm. Like, is God a relational job, relational God, or, or is he not? Mm-hmm. So, I think that his character 
should should really inform our answers on this on this question and a lot of these questions. So I guess again, kind of as an overall answer to a lot of these, is I think that one thing I can encourage all of us to do is think about you know, as you read scriptures, what is God telling you about Himself? Who is God? What is He like? And and you realize who God is, and that will help you figure out answers to your questions. Yeah. Uh, one thing too, just a really cool exploration of what heaven might be like with your loved ones. Um, my favorite thing that I ever read was, it, it's, it's fiction, but it was an idea of what it would be like. Is um, I've spoken about it a couple times, but the Left Behind book series that was really popular back in the 90s and early 2000s. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> but, Cameron? Uh, <laughs> uh, more, but uh, anyway, the books themselves are, are really awesome. I think there's like 12 or 13 books. Um, but the last, uh, I believe it's the end of the second to last book. And then in the last book after the glorious appearing, after Jesus comes back and after we're all, you know, taken home, um, they get into what their idea of what heaven would be like and, and spending time with your loved ones and eating meals together even, and all these different things. And it's, it's just a really cool, um, way that really helped kind of give me a, a great, feeling when I think about this kind of thing. So if you wanted to check out that, that out and maybe get was that see what like somebody else's... There was a glorious appearing glorious and then appearing. there was one after that that okay. I can't remember what it is. But um, anyway, at the end, when everybody's reconciled and, and back together and stuff, it's really, really awesome to see the way that they presented that according to who, what the authors thought that it would be like from their biblical study and things like that. So, And one of the resources really cool. that we've used too is a book by uh, Randy Alcorn just called Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's he just really dives into scripture and reads kind of takes what he can to kind of pull out some ideas of what heaven will be like. But I think one thing we, like you said, we need to trust the character of God. If there's going to be no sorrow and no disappointment and nothing in heaven, then we have to trust that he's going to know since he created us exactly what we need for, for uh, the, you know, to feel like completely satisfied, the full fullness of joy in his presence. I think that's a good sentence to end this podcast on today. (laughs) So, guys, we will go ahead and wrap up today. Um, We are officially out of questions, as far as I know. We've answered everything I think that we are going to answer. And... um, so we next week we'll plan to get back to our um, chapter day movement. Now, one thing that I would love to do from now on going forward, um, and we might actually uh, we've we're in the midst of remodeling the podcast studio. It's not just something we're talking about doing in the future anymore. It's actually something we're in the middle of right now. So hopefully within the next week or two we'll be able to start doing Facebook Live as well, and we can interact with you guys live. Um, that being said, whether it's live or it's something that you send to us, I would love to. Have have a little bit of room in the podcast where if anybody does have any questions that they ask us, we can actually take a minute or two and actually answer a question if we get it. So if you guys are listening, if you ever have anything that you want to ask that you would love to get our, um, our take on our perspective on, um, send it into us. Uh, you can always send it into, um, the email address and the phone number that we've given you before. Um, I don't remember the phone number off the top of my head. The email is contact uh, at org. I think I can remember the phone number. It's nine, three, seven, a seven five four five one zero seven. I think that's right. So nine three seven seven five four five one zero seven. Yeah. And that's it's a uh, direct to our um, Google account and mm-hmm. it just it, it trans whatever. 
when you text. Tran- it transponds you- it. <laughs> it makes your text in our email. Yeah, so we get an email of your voicemail or of your text message that you send. Um, and then you can also just email to contact at myelevationcc.org as well with anything that you have on that. And we'll see that and we'll answer it as soon as we can. But um, we thank you guys so much for the great feedback that you've given us for these You Asked For It podcasts that we've done and the sermon that we've done. Um, we, as far as I know, we plan to do that probably on an annual basis. Um, as we go forward because it is so it's it's really fun for us to do but it's also really fulfilling for us to do because we know that we're serving you we're actually answering questions that you have and hopefully helping guide you guys in your faith and in that journey um, and and clearing up some things that might be hang-ups for you in your relationship with Jesus and with God so um, that being said we'll go ahead and wrap up here I'll pray to finish us out if you guys are okay with that Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll wrap up so, Heavenly Father, um, we come to you um, joyful and, and thankful for who you are and for the fact that we get to do this, Father. Um, we ask that um, anything that we do to guide people in your name and through, through our perspective and things that we've gone through with you, God, that you would speak through us in those things and make sure that we're giving them the information that you would want them to have for your will to be done through those things, Father. But we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the truth of who you are. We thank you for the fact that you are love and that you give us so much love that we we can't even fathom until you decide to show it to us someday, Father. Um, we thank you for, for the promise of, of heaven and of an afterlife where we get to be with you um, and just spend our time with you and with our loved ones and, as Michael said, possibly with our animals. <laughs> we don't know, Father. But uh, we also thank you for the fact that we can trust in you so that all the things that we don't have definitive answers to, um, we can give that up to you and trust in you that you have the answers and that we trust you with those. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to do this. We thank you for the people listening. We ask you to be with them today and always. Um, I thank you for my brothers here with me, for uh, Daniel and Michael, um, for Pastor Phil who joined us, for our staff and for our church family, God, here. We are just beyond blessed and so thankful for the people and the resources that you're pouring into this church and into this body and into this community. And um, we just ask you to continue to do, do so as we move forward. So, Father, we thank you, we lift you up, and we say we love you. And in your name we pray and say amen. 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 All right, guys, that completely wraps us up for the episode and for our stint on You Asked For It. So, as we said, if you do have any questions in the future, please don't hesitate to send them to us. We want to be able to answer anything that you might have a question about, if we can answer it, um, because that's what this podcast is for. We want to serve you. We want to be here to have conversations that help you grow in your faith, grow in your walk with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, your relationship with God, and do anything that we can to facilitate that. So, we thank you, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.